0: In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I've been working on a, a, a sermon all week about how God's been kind of pushed to the fringes of society, and how to embrace God in all things, and. Um, Friday and Saturday, I put fifteen hundred words down, which is a little longer than you usually get. Um, trying to make sense, I, I had um, trying to make sense of all of thinking, and I, I, something something didn't feel right. So I asked asked Anne to read uh, t- to read my sermon last night, which I've only done a handful of times in the last several years, which is very different than a decade ago. Which may be a comment on um, experience, it could also be a comment on marriage. Uh, <laughs> She confirmed what I was suspicious of, that I had tried way too hard, um, especially after three Bible studies with different groups in the congregation, unpacking the scripture. I had quotes from our Bonhoeffer class, and Anne just shook her head. It doesn't work at all. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. So I, I did the first, this is the first time I've ever done this. I know I can't play this card again for a really, really long time, but I threw it out completely. And instead, I I wanna look at a a simple line from our collect. Grant us, Lord, not to be anxious about earthly things, but to love things heavenly. And even now, while we are placed among things that are passing away, to hold fast to those things that shall endure. So I have a different illustration. Many of you know that a large part of my world is defined by youth soccer. My 11-year-old and my 9-year-old have fallen in love with the sport and after several years we're we're getting to that point that it actually looks like a recognizable sport and and it's fun and I I lost my cool yesterday. Now, I think to make this point I'm, I'm curious if any of y'all would be surprised that I yelled at a 14-year-old ref. <laughs> I'm serious, is anybody surprised? Like that's our culture, right? Like this is, maybe this is the real point, like this is the culture that we live in. And so there's this big tournament that's taking place right now that there's, um, somebody said teams from 12 different states have come to Birmingham and every field from Gardendale to Calera is occupied. Uh, which is why you might have had more traffic getting here this morning than normal. And one of the dads came over before the game and he was setting the stage and he said, y'all need to know that the ref is 14 years old and this is his second game. And he was telling us this to not set our expectations too high. And there's only one and not three, Those line judge would not be helpful. Just a kid in a very fresh uniform that's a couple of sizes too big and the game got out of control quickly. There was pushing and shoving, uh, even some spitting, and um, uh, other team, fortunately. Um, (laughs) Everybody was out of control. Uh, The game was tied 2-2, and Jack's team had this incredible incredible play that kind of set up somebody and this like one of the most beautiful shots I've ever seen and they score and they're up with just a couple minutes left and everybody's giving high fives and like this is why we spent all this money on this crazy sport and <laughs> the sidelines are going wild, high fives and then the other team takes the ball down and one of our players is fouled, a whistle is blown, the other team keeps playing and scores and the ref just stands there and everyone is yelling, I'm yelling, at a 14-year-old who is way over his head. And then a few minutes pass, and then an older ref finishes the game and comes over and they talk and they blow the whistle, score 3-3, game over. There's more yelling. And then as the kids are taken off to talk to their coaches, it just you know, as is, is the normal post-game, all of us are standing there, and the ref is sitting down, looking completely defeated. And I think all of us are wondering, do we do we say something, negative, positive, encouraging? And I come home, and I try to finish the, the the sermon about pushing God to the edges. Maybe I could have given that one now that I'm making sense of it in my head. But I'm kind of torn up with how I'm I'm feeling. I mean, I'm. Fortunately, there were some people around that were more grounded. But I I think I asked that question of like, are you surprised, because nobody is, right? Like, why do we actually do the things that we do? What are we trying to cultivate? I mean, I I tell my children all the time that like the reason you do this is to learn how to have fun, it's to learn how to graciously lose, to win humbly, to be a better person, to be compassionate, to be a teammate. Maybe to recognize when someone's over their head, to be kind. And I'm wondering why I'm so anxious about earthly things and fail to love the heavenly things. And is really a $10 medal that's been ordered offline really that important? Or is it more important to cultivate the beautiful world that God has given us and is a gift? Today's gospel a, is a familiar allegory. It's a story. It, it, it could be about grace. It could be about God's inclusion because He goes. God begin goes in and keeps bringing people in, and even that kind of line about no one has hired us. It, it, it could be about forgiveness. All the passages to, that lead up in this passage um, in Matthew are about forgiveness. But Jesus is offering the kingdom of heaven as a vineyard. This image that that reminds us that the kingdom of heaven is not a place that is far off in the future. It's, it's where we're working today. It's where we're working, we're engaging, we're cultivating, we're taking care of what we've been given. And some people have worked all day, other days, others a half day, and others have just shown up at the very last minute. And they all get the same wage, and it's not surprising that there's a lot of bickering about it being unfair. The kingdom is anything but fair. Instead, it's generous. The landover so wisely asks, Are you jealous because I'm generous? Yes, Lord, I thought it was supposed to be fair. It's this kind of reminder that we we give these little examples, maybe, about how we're to think about forgiveness or grace or work, but it's really just another radical. Flipping over of everything that we were conditioned to, to understand about the kingdom of heaven, you know, it's it's maybe not surprising that um, this week we read this passage on on Tuesday night as our, our our vestry our vestry meetings begin. Usually we spend about a third of our time as a vestry studying scripture. I don't know if y'all y'all realize that. Um, and and there was a comment made that the principles in scripture are are almost always universally impossible to apply to the real world. Um, Because our worldview is built on fairness. Fairness is the engine that runs our economy. It's often the source of tension in our politics and vision for how we'd exist, and probably should be that, that source of tension. But Jesus is always offering us this radical worldview for how we ourselves are to cultivate the kingdom of heaven. In a world bound by the rules of fairness, God offers generosity. It might be an invitation that, that we're to see the game differently. I saw something yesterday morning in the simple statement that our ref is 14 and this is his second game. It didn't hit me at the point, at the moment. <laughs> it was a reminder that like, wait a second, we need, to be, we need to be kind and remember that this is just a game because there is no way this is going to be fair. It was an invitation to be generous. I'm grateful that some others figured it out before I did. And it's a reminder that we all have work to do to be better and I'm hoping we can see that charge together. Amen.